So uh, we've got here with us today uh, Jeff uh, Hawkins. Uh, he's going to preach. Uh, and we've also got Ian Maxwell, our new uh, CAP Debt Centre Manager. So I'm going to ask them to come up, and Ian's going to introduce Jeff to us uh, before we hear from John 5. Guys. So, Jeff, um, we've known each other for a little while. Um, we have about 30 years in. Yeah, at least, yes. Um, a little bit more than that, maybe. Um, and uh, what is it that you have been... Oh, you've got one on there, sorry. it's ah, all right. So what is it that you have been doing with CAP um, previously? Well, I started off um, CAP with uh, CAP Money Courses, which is a two-stroke, three-week course where you teach people how to budget, how to manage their money. I then sort of graduated from that into becoming a debt centre manager, like you are yourself. Mm -hmm. And currently I'm working with my wife Elaine, uh, running life skills courses um, out of our church and in various locations nearby. Okay, brilliant. And uh, what are you planning to do next? Is that, uh, or what else do you do? <laughs> I could, well, I haven't got time for that. No, but, okay. Um, yeah, do it uh, What I want to do next, I think what I'd like to say about what I'll do next is that we're just... We've, we've, we've sort of reached out to the usual suspects, as it were, and we just want to broaden our reach at the moment. So we're just having a think this sort of season between now and Easter, how we can actually engage a wider community in our church, reaching beyond just the people who are on the fringes. Um, mm. So connecting with uh, the community centre, the food bank, uh, the, uh, uh, the social services. We're creating, creating great links with the police as well as the local council. So mm. it's about broadening out um, the message about what we can do, not just about with CAP, but as, as, as a church family, particularly in this cost of living crisis. Yeah. So I've, I've set up the warm spaces in our church as well uh, over this time so, to greet people. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's something really interesting, actually, that, that you've got, um, that CAP is part of what the, what the church family Absolutely. does. Yeah. yeah, CAP is just one part of what the church family does. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a really great part, and we'll talk about more about that a bit later, but uh, you, you don't realise what an amazing gift a church like this is to your community. I don't think we fully appreciate what a great gift we are uh, to our community. Uh, we perhaps are a bit some reticent when people are hearing about Christianity is not quite the, the flavour of the month, but actually, you know, there's a tremendous gift here that we have uh, that we can give to our community. Right, thank you. And um, before I pray, I just thought I, I forgot to mention something, and that is that probably the reason that Catherine and I are here is because of Jeff and Elaine, because they recommended this church to us. So um, you've got them to thank, or, or, or blame, whichever. So let me pray. Um, Father, thank you for Jeff and for our reading and for his sacrificial servant-hearted work with Cap over many years and the unique gifts you have given him. Help him to open up your word to us and through your Holy Spirit, encourage and equip us to obey your commands to speak up for those that cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, to speak up and judge fairly, to, judge, to defend the rights of the poor and needy, as it says in Psalm 31, verses 8 and 9. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have a reading now. And I think Vivian is here to do the reading. Thank you. Okay, 
before we read, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this um, time we have together. And I just pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to your message from your word. In Christ's name, amen. So the reading today is taken from John chapter 5, verses 1 to 15, and is found on page 1068 in our Bibles. So John 5, verses 1 to 15. The healing at the pool. Some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, It is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, thanks very much, Vivian. Um, I'd just like to give my recollection of Nigel um, is telling the joke of the wide-mouthed frog. Has he told you that joke, the joke about the wide-mouthed frog? If he has, you'll remember it well. And uh, I'm sure in heaven uh, he's taken his Tim Vine list of jokes with him. Um, I use those regularly because he sent me his whole um, album full. And uh, I even did a two-minute stand-up in our church one Sunday. Um, um, and I'm sure that's what heaven's going to happen now. There's loads of laughing going on because Nigel's there. Um, he'd probably laugh as well at this passage that I've chosen to speak on this morning. Well, I don't think I chose it because it's not the passage I would have chosen uh, to talk about. Cap, is it? The healing at the well. What, what, there's no... It doesn't make sense when we're talking about Cap Sunday. But I've got some points here that I think may help us to understand what the work of Cap is and does. Um, so the first point I want to make, I've got a click here, haven't I, so I can turn that on, which is great. And um, if I click, great, fantastic. Just, we've talked about, um, first of all, just a bit, bit about Cap. It's, um, its three main um, vision statements are, is... Um, 
Transform Lives, Thriving Churches and an End to UK Poverty. And the main strapline is always hope. And um, we want to see transform lives, don't we? It's, it's like a no-brainer, isn't it? That's what we're about. And do we want to be thriving as churches? Well, yes, we do. And do we want to see an end to UK poverty? Amen to that. So um, it's a very bold uh, vision statement because a cat works with churches, and that's a great thing. Uh, they don't want to work in isolation to the local church community because they, indeed, they understand the need for the church to work alongside what they do. Because as I said before, you do not realise what a great gift um, you are to your community. And CAP has a number of different uh, services. Uh, here you have a debt centre. Um, I run the CAP money courses, and my wife and I run the life skills, and other places run the CAP job clubs. So there's a, there's a good menu of options that um, CAP um, provides resources for churches to really be effective in mission. But let's now uh, move on to the healing at the pool. So the first point is that Jesus went where they were. So he didn't stay in, in the synagogue, didn't stay in the church. He went to the place where the people were around the pool. And that is exactly what CAP um, in the debt ser service does. Um, when I used to do the CAP work, I used to ring on the doorbell and knock on the door or whatever it was. Uh, and I'd go into a house and I'd never been to that house before, but they'd bravely ask for help and the first thing that you do when you are going through the cat process is you say to them is it okay if we pray we're a christian organization we usually start our meetings in prayer and 99 times out of 100 they will say yes that's fine and so you go from that's like a, a driving a ferrari in a christian sense you go from zero to praying uh, in about three or four minutes um, in fact, when the uh, Financial Conduct Authority found out that we actually offered prayer uh, during the process of debt, they said, well, you've got to tell people before, um, when you're on the phone to them that actually prayer will be offered. So they did. So the Help Centre uh, um, in Bradford said to people, actually, people may offer to pray for you. And so guess what? People said, well, could you pray for me now then? <laughs> so actually, people uh, were actually wanting prayer straight on the phone when they were actually arranging the appointments. But the point is we were going to where the people were, just like Jesus did at the pool. And the next point is um, we're talking about generational issues as well. So that chap was there, how long was he there? 38 years. And people, you know, um, uh, in a situation in their families, in their little communities, um, I almost want to say ghettos, it's not quite the right expression, but it's in their sort of, it's in, the, in their world is they're there for a long time, stuck in debt, in um, low, low standard of living, uh, with all sorts of issues. And it's, it's a really long-term thing. And so uh, I'm trying to point out here the difficulty or the challenge there is in working with people who have got this generational uh, situation they're in. Um, they're... Their, their, their worldview is very limited, and there's a fear even of breaking out of that world into a different world. So there's loads and loads of different emotions and, and, uh, and, and barriers that actually are there because it's been a long-term thing. Uh, the next point is um, that uh, people may not answer the question. So when Jesus said to this man, uh, do you want to get well? 
He didn't say, yes, I do. He said, but there's nobody there to help me. And uh, Ian will find, and I found, that you ask people questions, and they do not answer the question because they're just, their mind is so in, engaged with uh, or caught up in where they are, they can't even think that actually there's a, there's a way out. And so you're, you're dealing with, with people who are stuck uh, with this mindset. Um, and I'm saying these things not to discourage you, but to actually just bring a sense of reality to what we're dealing with. Because um, I le I've learned so much working with CAP. Um, I used to work in uh, uh, property and construction, had loads of clients around the world. And the sort of clients I worked with CAP were quite different, you know, to those. Um, and so I had to learn a huge amount about um, the social issues, about the difficulties that people were in. And um, people just didn't answer the question. I would say, well, you know, can you just explain to me um, how this has happened? And they would go off at a different tangent because they, they weren't able to really enunciate what the issues were. The next point is... Um, uh, sorry, I'll go back one. Okay, um, it's the next point is a hurting people. It's a hurting people group. So the reasons that people are in this situation are, um, are many. So it could be just a life event like um, a death. It could be illness. It could be it's a generational thing, as we mentioned. They've just never had the opportunity of having good role models to follow uh, because... Um, they just haven't had that. And so, like the people gathered around the pool, they were all hurting together and actually created create a community of safety and comfort in some sort of way. And so that world is difficult to break out of. Now, there are situations where um, we will work with people who haven't, start, haven't had that situation. I remember the very first um, time I, I, I encountered Kat was on holiday in Wrexham with my wife and another couple. And a chap came to us and welcomed us at this new church. And um, he worked for Kat. And he said one of the first clients he had, he thought he got the wrong address. Because he was crunching up the gravel drive, noticed two brand new cars in the drive, and knocked on the front door. This can't be right, he thought to himself. And he went inside and found this guy they were up besides themselves with worry because he'd been a really high-flying uh, executive in a company. And the company decided to relocate to Germany, I think it was. And they offered him, Can, would you like to relocate with the company or do, do, would you like to take the, the severance package? And he said, well, I'll take the severance package. And uh, he said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really good guy. I'm, I can easily get a new job. Um, and in six months' time, I'm sure I'll be and uh, have another high-flying job in this, another company somewhere. But it didn't happen. Suddenly there was a dip in the economy. Um, jobs were difficult to get to. And six months after he'd finished his, um, his sort of working through, the cars were on higher purchase, the children in private school, the house had a huge mortgage on it, and it dropped in value. And so somebody who thought they had everything, in fact, everything was taken away from them. So loads of like, things like that can happen to people. A, br a breakdown of a marriage... Uh, the death of a, a, a spouse or a, a relative can cause um, all sorts of things that actually change people's perspective in life and cause them to actually um, sort of fall apart and find themselves walking towards debt because debt is so easy to get into and yet so difficult to get out of. 
But um, point five, God can intervene. And um, we, it, working with CAP, you get great tools, fantastic support from CAP as an organization. And so to a certain extent, just with our own abilities, our own resources, and with CAP's help, we can move people on in a journey. And indeed, uh, Ian and will experience that. You go to somebody's house, you show them the video of what CAP can do, and tears will, will come because they can see hope at last. And so you can see immediately that actually just giving people hope is a great benefit. But the really important thing is that we need to see God transform that person's life. Because what I've been explained to you is that it's not just they're in debt or um, they have uh, low, low self-esteem. It's because of all the things that have happened to them or the situation and therefore they need a transforma transformation. And my experience is if people get out of debt but don't actually experience transformation, they don't engage the fullness of what we can offer as a Christian organisation working partner with CAP. So transformation of people is the most important thing. And Jesus um, uh, did that with that person, didn't he? He said, pick up your mat and walk. Um, and he did. He was, he was obedient to that. So it's really important to understand that we need God's power to help people break out of these, these situations. Yeah, now the next point is um, maybe, maybe a challenge to you as a church, although I, I'm, I gather because Nigel's been here and working and you've, you're great people, this, this, this may not appear, but what did they say to him when that happened? They said, oh, you shouldn't be picking up, carrying your mat because it's the Sabbath. They didn't see the fact that God had cured him and he was now walking and he hadn't done for 38 years. And so what we, ha we have to be as a, a church is flexible to new people coming in to our community who don't necessarily have the uh, experience or the uh, um, culture that we have experienced ourselves and there are two there's two sayings that are very important from a missional perspective uh, one is uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast i don't know if you've heard that expression before but culture eats strategy for breakfast so you can plan uh, to have let's have a cap debt center uh, let's get ian doing it after after nigel let's get a great team around him that should sort the problem out um, but that's your strategy, which is fantastic. But as a church, your culture needs to also um, be moving in a direction of acceptance, of grace, of love, of care, of sacrificial service to people who will find it very difficult to actually break out of where they are. And so um, unlike that uh, experience of the, the guy who was healed in the story, we have to be able to see what God's doing and not maybe the behavior that's happening in front of us. Now, um, I hope I'm, I'm being clear here, um, but it, it means that we have to be on a journey of uh, ourselves as well. So not just drawing people in and helping them on a journey, but we also are going on a journey with them as we change 
to become an even more gracious church. So fine, my final point is, um, we, will, we see a great witness uh, at the end. Um, they asked him, well, who healed you? And uh, he said, well, I don't know. But then he, he found Jesus later, and then he went back and said, um, uh, um, he told the Jewish leaders it was Jesus who made him well. And... Um, it is a wonderful thing to see somebody's life transformed and then point uh, to Jesus uh, that it's Jesus who's done it. Um, we can also be part of uh, the story, but it's God who has to have the glory. And, uh, you know, um, the people who've seen the great have had the great darkness in their life, also see the light the brightest. And uh, certainly in, in, in my church, I know that um, there will be greater witnesses than I because people have come from a, a, a more difficult place and their lives have been transformed even more than mine has by the loving power of Christ. And so when we draw people out of uh, this, these situations, through our love and care for them, and as Christ gets hold of them and transforms their life, they will become a fantastic witness and a great light for God. And so, from this passage, the healing at the pool, we have a little story, don't we, about Jesus going somewhere, the difficulty he encountered working with this group of people, how uh, uh, he then transformed that life, the, the, the current religious interference going on, but then the great witness that happened. And um, you can hardly do a cat talk without mentioning uh, Isaiah 61, because that's really uh, Jesus' mission statement, wasn't it, when he uh, said that. So I'm just going to read Isaiah 61 to us um, again. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. That's a picture about what CAP does, getting, releasing captives, uh, giving sight to the blind. But then we go on in Isaiah. And we read this. To bestow on them a crown of beauty, uh, instead of ashes, the oil of joy, instead of mourning, and a garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And, uh, you know, it's my heartfelt desire that we see loads of oaks of righteousness. People who, uh, who were in that state um, actually turning in to become an oak of righteousness. So that passage in Isaiah is, isn't, isn't saying the people who, who, who pull the people out of darkness will be the oaks of righteousness. It will be the people who were in the darkness that will be the oaks of righteousness. And, um, you know, an oak is an amazing tree, isn't it? When it gets to its full maturity, in its branches are loads and loads of places where you can rest and find shelter.
So, um, finally, so how can, how can you pray? So you may want to take a picture of this slide, um, not because it's a brilliant slide, but it just may be helpful if you remember um, what I I'm, I'm just felt these are the things to pray for from this passage. The first of all is uh, in, when Jesus said, uh, that Isaiah passage is the Lord has anointed me to do this. So primarily for Ian, for Vivian and the rest of the team, we want God's anointing on them that they may be empowered by the Spirit to bring uh, hope uh, to the people. The second thing to pray for is getting to the right people, the people who are people of peace, who actually are able to actually accept and understand and uh, walk towards the solution that we're offering. And that's not, the, that's not to say we're excluding people at all. We are, we are we're open to everyone. But there are some people that are difficult to work with, and there are others that are, uh, have, a, have a certain um, openness that we can actually get to and actually make a difference with. And that the saddest thing uh, working in debt is where you have to say to a client, sorry, I can't work with you because you're just not able to respond, uh, not able to give me the paperwork or whatever. But um, let's pray that we get to the right people, the people who are open to, to hear what we have to say. And we need to have willing clients. Uh, just just able to just say, yes, I'm happy to, I'm happy to work with you, uh, able to find the paperwork, who are willing to accept help. And we want to see transformed lives, don't we? We want to see lives transformed, um, people taken out of that darkness into the light. And uh, we want to be a gracious church, a, a church that is uh, uh, loving and accepting. Um, and finally, we want to see great witnesses the fruit of this work. Um, so maybe um, your coffee time question today, if you're going to have one, you may want to um, talk about other things today, but if there was a coffee time question, the question would be, are we a gracious church? Now, that isn't um, uh, because I felt, uh, I've had, you know, Ed's told me, or uh, Ian said, this is a very ungracious church here at Emmanuel Chesham. Uh, Jeff, you need to give, them, give it to them, sock it to them. And tell them, you know, be more gracious and loving. This is something which you want to talk about. And so, are we gracious? And we can say, well, actually, do you know, I think we are. But how can we be even more loving and accepting to you? What are the things that are barriers to our church? Think about, let's think outside the box. How can we be more loving and gracious? Um, so that's, that's something to, to think about. And then you obviously want to be a thriving church. You obviously want to see lives transformed. And yes, we, always, we want to see an end to UK poverty. Um, well, that's my, my thoughts from uh, that passage. And as I said, it wasn't the one that I would have chosen to speak on. But it, 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 to me, it gives a story about Jesus going to find somebody, finding them, and actually taking them through that journey right through till they became the witness about what he'd done. Because that's what we want to see. We want to see the whole story in people's lives. We want to go, and at the end, we want to see somebody saying, it was Jesus, he did it. <laughs>